Hello, welcome to the Ramon Lee Podcast. I'm your host from NFL Scout, Tyler. Today's episode, I'll look back at the tough overtime loss to Philadelphia Eagles. Team played great, responded extremely well from the Bills debacle, showed really heart and toughness that really had a chance to win that game in the end. They didn't win, but they obviously showed the potential they will have this year. Also, previous Thursday night matchup versus Chicago Bears. The Bears are obviously winless at 0-4, and the Commanders hope to keep it that way come Thursday night. I will also hit a little on fantasy football as well. Not to get to, so here we go. All right, I have to start with the Eagles game. Eagles game, 34-31, overtime loss. Yeah, I have to start with Sam Howell. Sam Howell was outstanding. He responded uh, immensely well from the Bills You know, game when he had four interceptions, sacked nine times. He showed poise. He had moxie all game. Nothing was flustering him the whole game. Philly obviously has a tremendous front four. Um, but Sam, you know, held his own. He got off his even when he got pushed off his spot due to the uh, um, pressure. You know, he was able to find where he needed to go, make his reads. Um, like I said, it just didn't look like he was flustered. And that was, you know, a really good response. Kind of showed what he was in North Carolina, too. Um, and North Carolina, even, he always kind of showed up in big games for the most part. Um, and he obviously was a big game going against Philly, you know, defending NFC champions. So, um, you know, Sam, Sam had some tough throws all day. I think the one, um, he had to navigate himself into the pocket a little bit to the left to throw to Logan in the middle of the field. Logan made a hell of a catch. got hit in the head again. Unfortunately, he drew a flag. But that was a freaking baller throw by Lo- um, Sam Howe. Um, Obviously, you have the uh, the the one that I think was a beautiful throw, and he if he was able to throw it a second earlier, and it wasn't his fault. The the pressure, um, you know, made Sam hold it. Uh, excuse me, move off his spot and hit him, hit Terry. This was a play in the overtime. Um, you know, the play to it was a hell of a throw. It was a corner route to Terry, man coverage. Um, Terry still obviously I think got in. I mean, I think if it was called on the field that it was a reception, it would have stepped that way. But it just unfortunately the luck with Terry. Um, Landing on Reed Blankenship's um, arm, and then wasn't able to, you know, I guess visibly get that second foot down. But again, even being a biased commander, I think Terry got that second foot down. Um, but that was a hell of a throw by Sam. Um, good read, solid coverage, um, and hit Terry um, toward the left corner, uh, left sideline. Um, then obviously the the Jahan touchdown that tied the game as time expired. That was a great rhythm play by Sam. You know, Sam definitely hit a spot, three step drop, hit Jahan outside the shoulder, away from the leverage of uh, Josh Job. Hell of a play by Sam. And it just really shows, you know, what his potential is in this offense, potential is for his team, potential as a franchise quarterback. Um, he got the ball out quick all day. Um, he needed to, especially with Philly's pass rush and, you know, watch this poor so line. But, um, you know, a lot of it starts in that two-minute drill to, you know, come back and win the game for Washington. He come back and tie the game for Washington. Wish it was a win, but it didn't, didn't develop that way. But, uh, you know, made throw after throw, even the fourth and two to Diami, evade pressure, hit Diami. Diami was able to pick up 20 yards after that. Um, so he was just consistent all day. And it really just showed what it is to have a quarterback of that, that stature. I'm not trying to annoy him yet, but, you know, the, this team can count on to, you know, make book plays, make book throws, and you know, maybe never feel like they're out of a game. Because uh, Sam, you know, was given an opportunity with a minute and a half left, you know, went 65 yards down the field, tied the game, gave his team a chance to win. Uh, Motherway B enemy responded and adjusted. Um, you know, he obviously realized offensive line is porous. He uh, helps him, you know, get the ball out quicker with his routes. I mean, uh, plays, play calling. And obviously, I've, I like that he lead on the run a little more. You know, obviously, we can see it a little more going forward. But, um, you know, play script will always determine that. You know, if they're down, they're going to have to throw the ball more. But um, I just really kind of show what Piedemi is uh, as a play caller and offensive coordinator going forward. And potential head coach. Um, I think Washington, obviously, would love to have him as a head coach, especially if I think Ron's going to step down at the end of the year. 
Um, but Bianami really, really kind of showed what he can do, you know, week four. And I think he, you know, had called a poor game against Buffalo, had a poor game plan going into it. And, you know, he adjusted. They've had coaches in the past. Obviously, like Scott Turner, in, in the last few years, it didn't really, you know, make adjustments and it, you know, had made the team suffer. O line, I, I, I hate the pylon guy, but Andrew Wiley is just not a very good tackle in the league. He's a backup right now. Um, he's a turnstile right now. He had a couple. Um, he had one holding, got beat a couple of times, especially by Hassan Riddick. Um, but, you know, it just it is what it is. They gave him a three-year, $24 million contract. They're going to ride with him probably all year, um, unless it just becomes even worse. Um, interior was okay. I really like Nick Gates at center. Sadiq is continuing to get better. As long as they can stay healthy, I think Charles is a starting card in the NFL. Um, he's in year four. This is his first year. He's been consistently healthy. It's only been four games, but hopefully he continues that way. Charles Leno. Um, wasn't the greatest to see there. I think he's towards the end of his career. Yeah, I've said it last podcast. The team needs new offensive linemen next year. I'm not going to harp on it. I think everyone sees it. You know, 24 sacks in four games is horrendous. Hopefully that pace goes down. Now, obviously, not all in the offensive line. Sam held the ball along too much. We've seen that those first four games. He was better against Philly. Um, but I think if Sam had a better offensive line around him, he played. And obviously, it goes out saying, but playing around him. But a young quarterback's going to hold the ball on, hold on to the ball more. And that even just doesn't hit can't hide in the offensive line deficiencies. So um, I feel like if this, they've had a veteran quarterback behind them, the offensive line wouldn't be as much of a problem. But because Sam is still young and developing and um, has a tendency to hold the ball anymore, it just kind of shows how poor his offensive line is. Robinson obviously had a nice touchdown run. Um, he's just a consistent you know runner. I keep calling him a prodder, but that just he just will get you four or five yards a pop and because he lands forward every time. Um, it has been a really, really good running back for Boston. Antonio Gibson. Um, had one nice carry, but I think he only had about two yards of carry. But Gibson's a guy that I really like. Um, I said that before. I just wanted to hold on to the ball. But obviously, I just need to provide the different elements of this team on offense um, out of the backfield and you know breakaway speed. Um, Terry got going. He catches 85 yards, almost like over 100-yard game, especially if he was able to get that last catch in overtime. Um, but I'm glad they fed him those first two plays. Um, I like the back shoulder throw. I think the second throw that he got, uh, Sam doing. Sam's got to trust him more and give him those opportunities. Terry's one of the best 50-50 ball receivers in the NFL. Um, so I'm glad Terry was kind of force-fed to an extent. I mean, he should be getting 10 to 15 looks. He's that type of wide receiver. Uh, Jahan's drop was big. I think that was in the fourth quarter. Could have extended the drive, maybe gain another 20 yards, which Jahan's out after the catchability. Um, but obviously, he did respond to have that touchdown catch. Uh, I'm really, you know, I've said this before on the podcast. Love Jahan Dotson. I think he can be a number one receiver. Um, I think his, his licks need to be more consistent. Um, he's another guy who should get 10 looks a game. I know that's, that's a lot of passing, but you know, Jahan definitely deserves that with his, you know, upward um, potential. Curtis Samuel is just a solid wide receiver, man. I mean, he had that t- rushing touchdown for the first touchdown of the game. He's consistent. He doesn't drop the ball. Um, he's always, you know, reliable. And I, I think he's a really, really good receiver for this Washington team. Hopefully they resign him after this year because I think he's just a, you know, vital part of this offense. Uh, Deami had those two catches. Um, like that one where he, he kind of trucked uh, Tremaine Edmonds or the sideline game a little extra. It just kind of shows that you know, he's trying to take advantage of the opportunities. They're not, they're a little maybe few and far between, but you know, he can get a lot more reps than if he was on another team. So I think Deami's going to keep getting better. Byron Pringle had a hell of a catch on third and 17 in that last drive. That was a hell of a throw by Sam. Um, stuck in the pocket, hit Byron Pringle, really where no one else can get it with a defender draped on him. And yeah, give a shout out to Byron Pringle. Obviously, he doesn't get all the play time, but he made it count. Logan had that great catch, like I said earlier, with Sam. It was nice to see him back, obviously. I'd like to see um, Cole Turner choke a little more playing time with Logan back, but they, they relied on Logan this game. When it comes back to the two-point try, obviously, I think 
in the moment, I said they should have gone for it. You know, the momentum's on their side. I know Ron's excuse was you know, the offensive's gas, but you can kind of argue that the offense is going to be gas going into the overtime period. So, um, you know, you know, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. I would have gone for it, you know, but also if, you know, they Terry's call went his way, maybe they win that game regardless, and, you know, no one would be second-guessing Ron right now. But my personal opinion, I probably would have gone for it, um, just the way the offense was rolling. I, I got to believe the enemy's got, you know, a nice, you know, play selection for two-point plays in those, in those scenarios, and, you know, probably practices a lot the way the enemy um, practices, practices all the situations that we hear about through training camp and every, week, um, every week's game prep. So I would have gone for it, but, you know, it is what it is at this point. Um, I thought Chase was really awesome. He beat Jordan Mylotta a good amount of times. Got sent, got to Hurts one time. You know, had him evade the pocket a few other times. Led to a job. Jonathan Allen sack. I think Chase is, you know, by far the best edge rusher on the team. No offense to Montez, but I think Chase just has that capability that, you know, that extra gear that's why he was the second overall pick. I think Montez is a beast as well, but I think if Chase just consistently stays healthy, he can get 10 to 12 sacks and hopefully we'll be with this team going forward. As a, as a unit, the D-line was relatively quiet. They really need to step up again. Second straight week where they weren't as dominant as they should have been. Um, obviously, Equals office line is really good, but so is Washington's D-line. There's no excuse. They have to really you know, be the heartbeat of this team and they're going to have a successful season. So I think they're going to step up, hopefully, starting this week in Chicago, against Chicago. I thought Jamin was a good day. I love the way how reactive, seemingly proactive he is. He, he attacks the line. He evaded a couple blocks when he plays in the backfield. He had one minus bad play at least towards the end of the game. With, I think it was the Andre Smith, I think, beat him to, to an angle to get a first down, which is weird because I think James is a really fast athletic linebacker, but um, you know, James is a guy that continues to get better, um, and I really, really like his game. Uh, Cody Barton, just, I said James is proactive. Barton's kind of reactive. I, I'd never see him fighting off blocks. He kind of really takes too long to diagnose plays. Um, I just, you know, I've kind of been going on him too, but I just think, you know, you see Zach Cunningham make consistently good plays for Philly, and he was assigned to right before the season started. You know, I would have rather had a guy like that than Cody Barton, who just seems, you know, really slow in the processing. That Kendall was good, even in the defensive penalty against A.J. Brown. It was kind of, could have gone either way, but he made a good play down the ball to, to knock it out of A.J. Brown's hand as well. So I really like Kendall. He's been great these first four games. I mean, obviously, you know, Manuel Forbes wasn't good. I'm not going to pile on, on him. I'm really, really high on Emmanuel Forbes. He's a confident player. I hope it's not shaking completely. You could tell he was really, really devastated after the A.J. Brown touchdown right before the end of the regulation. But he's going to have those games. He also had a you know chance for interception. The A.J. Brown had to play defense on him. Um, Fours is only going to get better. He was going against one of the best receivers in the league. I would have liked them to give him more help over the top, considering he is a rookie. Uh, but it definitely shows what the respect and how, what these coaches think of Emmanuel, because they basically had him shadowing A.J. Brown the whole day. So um, his technique obviously needs to be refined. Um, he looks in the backfield a little too much. I mean, that's not uncommon for a playmaker that you know, likes to go for the interception. But Forbes is a guy that's going to get better. I just I hope that you know, his confidence is going to hope fan base isn't, you know, giving it to him. I heard that saw that he deactivated his Twitter account. Hopefully it's not because of just negative comments. Maybe he just needed to reset and focus on the game. But, you know, I really just don't want his confidence shaking because I think he has potential to be a really good corner for this team. That Forrest and Curl were in a solid for the most part. I really want to see Curl may take the next step. He's looking for an extension. I want him to take that, take that step as a playmaker to get paid the way he wants to get played. And uh, and hopefully he will, but I hasn't really seen that way these first four games. Overall, defense has step up. You know, obviously this is not what this team was expecting four weeks in, but this is kind of the way this defense starts these last, really all four years under Rivera. And they play well, you know, those last 10, 10-ish games of the year. So hopefully that's the trend going forward. Because, um, I mean, if you give up, if you score 31 points, 
with this defense, you should win. So I know Philly's a great offense, but um, there's no excuses. Uh, even the third of 17 on the after the intentional grounding from Jalen Hurts, I would have liked to see Jack play more up. I mean, they were kind of giving them 10 yards. That's all Philly wanted. They weren't trying to get the first down. They were just trying to get back in the field goal range. So I wish they kind of played it differently. That's on Jack, but you know, obviously that led to the game when he field goal. Um, but I love this team right now. They have a lot of potential. I think this team can win 10 or 11 games with the schedule, um, especially if they play this. If Sam plays like this, the defense can just step up. They're going to win a good amount of games this year. Um, they're headed into a pivotal three-game stretch here um, after Philly. After this Philly game, they have Chicago, obviously, on Thursday night, Atlanta next week in Atlanta, and then at New York. So the Giants. Um, and obviously, the Giants look horrible. The Falcons kind of look at shambles. I don't, Desmond Ritter might not be the quarterback in two weeks. Could be Washington's old friend, Taylor Heineke. So um, I think they could easily get five and two before playing Philly again at the end of October. I'm moving on to the Bears game. You have the Bears defense. They're giving up 34 points a game, nearly 390 yards pa- uh, total, 270 yards passing, 115 yards rushing. Um, they only have two sacks in the year. Yannick Ngakwe is, has one of those. Andrew Billings and Justin Jones, their defensive tackles, the Marcus Walker on the opposite side of Yannick Ngakwe. The linebacking core, they spent a lot of money in. T.J. Edwards, the former Eagles. Tremaine Edmonds, the former Buffalo Bill. And then Jack Sanborn comes in in 4-3 looks, but doesn't get as many looks, obviously, um, in the two-linebacker setting with Edmonds and uh, T.J. Edwards. Jalen Johnson is a good corner in this league, but he's kind of banged up. But I think he will play Thursday. Tyreek Stevenson on the other side of him, the young corner. Greg Stroman Jr., the former Hokie and former commander. He's been getting a lot of playing time for Chicago. Terrell Smith is another corner they have that kind of rotates in. And then Eddie Jackson and Jaquan Brisker, two really good safeties. Um, but again, I think Brisker is a little bit. Eddie Jackson's banged up going to this week. Now, I really think Washington should have a field down offense. Chicago's defense is horrible. Um, there's... You're just not playing as a unit right now. I think the O-line hopefully should finally hold up. Again, Chicago only has two sacks in the year. Hopefully they can't give up less than two sacks. So hopefully this Washington offensive line can get right and dominate and maybe get some confidence and momentum going into the next couple games of the season. I think Sam Powell's going to have a really good day built off Sunday. Um, all of his targets are healthy and ready to go. You know, run the ball, especially coming off a you know tough game. They really need it. I like them to come out. And, you know, punch Chicago in the mouth early, you know, to really kind of set the precedent and have Chicago fold and hopefully, eat, um, you know, coax to an easy win. Um, obviously, you run the ball with Brian Robinson and Gibson. I always say that. Get the playmakers involved. Do the, a lot with the Philly game. You know, get Terry involved right away. Maybe maybe focus on Jahan this, this week to get his looks and get his confidence back up maybe after that drop. Um, but, you know, I know the enemy knows what he's doing. I like the way he's calling games right now. Again, Chicago is a, is a nice secondary of Jalen Johnson able to play, but there's nothing scary, nothing that really like you know you want to throw you throw away from them. Um, so I think Chicago, obviously, you know Washington should have their way in the pass game. Should be able to execute a lot, and I'm really excited to see uh, the enemy's game plan for Thursday. Our move to the Bears offense, um, they average 334 yards a game, 215 yards passing, 119 rushing. Fields is 79 of 123 on the year, 861 yards, seven touchdowns, five interceptions. He has 134 yards rushing and a rushing touchdown. He's coming off the best game of his career, um, at least passing statistically. He, had, he was 20 to 35, 335 yards, four touchdowns and an interception. I think it's more of an indictment on Broncos defense. You know, so Broncos, Broncos defense in Washington was able to shred pretty, pretty well in week two, and then they gave up an historic 70 points to Dolphins the week before. So, um, not taking away from fields, he was able to execute, um, but I think those numbers might be inflated just the way the Broncos defense has been this year. Um, I think Fields has a lot of potential. And might not, he might not achieve it in Chicago, um, but again, I think that obviously the game plan obviously Quinter isn't doing him too many favors. Um, but again, I think his the jury's still on in him, but he obviously can hurt you with his legs and does have a very nice throw and very good throwing arm as well. 
The line of Larry Bourne, Cody Whitehair, Lucas Patrick, Nate Davis, a free agent from the Titans, and then Darnell Wright, the rookie first rounder from Tennessee. Um, Khalil Herbert and Rashawn Johnson have kind of formed a one-two duo for them. Herbert has almost 200 yards rushing and a receiving touchdown. Rashawn Johnson has 100 yards rushing and a rushing touchdown. Um, DJ Moore is still one of the good, uh, better young, better you know, younger receivers in the NFL. He obviously came over in the Panthers trade to trade up to get Bryce Young. He has 300 yards receiving and two touchdowns. Darnell Mooney has eight catches, 104 yards. Um, Equinemia St. Brown and Charles uh, Chance Claypool kind of Chase Claypool kind of rounds out the receiving core, but obviously Claypool has been asked to stay away from the team. He's going to be traded soon. And then Cole Komet is their number two target outside of DJ Moore. 18 catches, 180 yards, 189 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, they do throw to the backs a lot of the backfield. They have a combined 22 to 21 catches between um, Herbert and Roshan Johnson. A lot of screens. They did a lot in the week two, I think, loss at Tampa Bay. And he's criticized a lot um, for that for the offensive game plan. And like I said earlier, Fields coming off the best pass game. It's pretty dangerous lay. Definitely needs a spy. Jamie needs to be on in most games. Most most of the game. Um, or Cam Curl, therefore, or something like that. But, you know, Fields can be confused with looks. He has five interceptions. Sometimes he doesn't trust what he sees and makes a bad error. So Washington hopefully can incite that and hopefully get a few turnovers. Chicago has a weak running game. Um, I, I like Khalil Herbert, but he's not a top-tier back. Um, Rashawn Johnson has nice potential coming out of Texas. Um, but, you know, Washington should be able to neutralize that. DJ Moore is a stud. Cole Komet's good in the middle of the field. But those are the top two weapons. They, you know, they can neutralize DJ Moore. Obviously, this defense will have a good day. Defense line should dominate. Bears have some, you know, some good pieces on his line, but they're young and prone to mistakes. Um, and I hope Chase and Montez will have their way against the rookie John Wright and Larry Bourne, the second-year tackle. I think Forbes will bounce back. I'm predicting an interception. I think he's going to have a good game. Um, whether it's on DJ Moore, down on Mooney, whoever it is, I think Forbes is going to respond because I think that's the way he's built. Um, defense should hold its own. Um, I think it's going to be a get-back get game, get-right game, whatever you say. And I think they'll you know, hopefully get back track and get them on momentum going to this, like I said, three-game stretch of Chicago, Atlanta, and the Giants. I'm predicting a commander's win 27-13 and hopefully to get back over 300 and, like I said, set themselves up um, for a nice October. All right, looking for fantasy. Um, only have a few guys this week. I'm going with Sam Howe. I kind of obviously highlighted the matchup with Chicago already. He's scored at least 15 points in three games. I like his matchup this week. Uh, I can expect him to get, you know, 15 or 20 points again. You have the Cardinals receiver, uh, Michael Wilson, the rookie out of Stanford. Um, he had 76 yards and two touchdowns last week um, against the Bengals. I mean, against the um, 49ers. They played the Bengals this week. Uh, they're kind of my upset pick. I think they're actually going to beat the Bengals the way the Bengals have been playing. He has 14 catches, 237 yards, and two touchdowns on the season. And then lastly, you have Lions receiver Jamison Williams coming off the suspension. I don't, this might be more of a long-term play. I don't know if he's going to have a big impact this week. They're home against the Panthers. But obviously, you like his big play abilities kind of in the vein. He's not Tyreek Hill, but, you know, kind of that breakaway speed type of uh, play that uh, Detroit can look for. They need someone else to kind of um, step up opposite Amon Ross St. Brown. I think Jamison Williams eventually will do that. Well, that will include this Run Around League episode. So, Commander suffered a gut-wrenching loss last week. And, you know, obviously, can't let that snowball into this game against Chicago. They did show what they can be this season, and that should excite all Commander fans. Uh, like I said, I need to shake out that loss quickly with this Thursday night matchup versus the Bears on a short week, but I think they can do it. And it's just really, really strong opportunity to get back to over 500. I'll be back next week looking back at the Bears game and previewing the Week 6 matchup at the Atlanta Falcons. You can follow me on Twitter at NFLScout21 and Instagram at RomanLeagueChrisCorpod. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe. This is your host, Tyler Roman, signing off. See you next time.